I say a lot of things that maybe aren't the right thing to say. Do things that are the wrong thing to do. But you know my heart is in the right place, right? Is that enough to forgive me, or am I going to have those things I did in the 90s hang over my head for the rest of my existence? I thought I was doing you a favor. Why is everybody so mad, lighten up. Oh wow what did I say now, are you even more angry? Maybe I don't understand what other people actually are like. I'm just a dumb robot, here's a podcast I guess. Alright, hello, and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we are going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. The good, the bad, the ugly, the fits of, uh, you know, all of it. Um, my name is Wade Bowen, and with me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, guys. And Hugh Crawford. Hello. And this is with a heavy heart that I tell you we're we're going through an episode today called Profit and Lace. Yes, this is uh, episode 23 of season 6. It originally aired May 13th, 1998. Here's the IMDb description. Quark's mother and Grand Inga show up on DS9, announcing a new amendment to the Bill of Opportunities. He is instituted on his home planet of Fregonar, and then follows up the announcement that, due to the new amendment, chaos has followed and he has been deposed. <laughs> yes. So th- this is an episode that I don't think went over very well when it came out. It's never been a favorite, but this episode has probably aged worse than about anything else I can think of. <laughs> it just gets worse. It's almost a marvel. It's almost like every line is like the worst thing in the world. Like it's right? just when you think it can't get worse in that first scene alone it finds a way to <laughs> right? and it like never stops getting worse. Right. And it defiles all like yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah, I mean, it stumbles in, you know, we talk about this show being ahead of its time. I mean, it stumbles into Me Too, it stumbles into (laughs) trans issues. I mean, it stumbles and trips right on its face for each one, too. Yeah, it's... Yeah. I gotta be honest, this is gonna be hard to talk about, because you can't make an excuse for it. Yeah, I'm not here. (laughs) Yeah, it's not some slushball script that was written by somebody who didn't get hot, you know, whatever, never worked on Star Trek again. It's not like a, they were in trouble and they needed an episode real quick. This was kind of a passion project for the main driving force on the show. So it's hard to separate them. The concept, you know, it's hard to separate it. This was how they wanted it to be. Like it is. Like Iris Stephen Bear what is happy with the show. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to... Look, I'm not here to, you know, apologize for it. If you're if you're going to say anything nice about what they're doing, you you could maybe argue like, well, he had he had good intentions. He wanted a, an episode about women's rights and feminism. Mm-hmm. But who oh boy, man. <laughs> like, thanks but no thanks, buddy. I think we're better off without it. Yeah, like I mean, we've we've said multiple times that the second best actor on the show, and and probably the most versatile actor on the show, is Armin Shimmerman, who's the lead. Mm -hmm. You have uh, 
a person I just have the great a- admiration for and Wallace Shawn drug into this. You have Henry Gibson. Henry <laughs> yeah. fucking Gibson drug in. Huh. And I didn't right. realize this, but I uh, Cicely Adams, the replacement for Moogie, uh-huh. is actually uh, Jim Beaver's wife. Yeah. Ellsworth, who died a few years ago, and he wrote a book about her that I skimmed. Like I'm what? No way! I kind of flash read. I kind of flash read a book about her. I didn't realize it was that Cicely Adams. What? Yeah, like uh, he J- Ellsworth from Deadwood wrote a book. Uh, was was married to Moogie, and uh, she died of. She was not a smoker. She died of lung cancer at the age of like in two thousand and four, and he wrote a book about her. Um, and I was flipping through it because he was, you know, he's Ellsworth. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was <laughs> worked at a bookstore and I was looking through it. So I like I. I Sort of skimmed through a whole biography about her life and death, and I didn't realize it. Huh. Um, <laughs> was there not a Deep Space Nine chapter in there? I don't. I no, don't, I, don't I didn't understand. Know, but I, there may have been. I don't remember. But I, I was, uh, you know, I was really focused on the Ellsworth parts of it. But yeah, sure, 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 sure. Um, She's not proud of her work on Prophet. <laughs> well, she. I'm all she, about him. Like, and then she came home from some bullshit job that she had to do, and she was really upset. <laughs> and then, like, you just don't know it's Deep Space Nine, but it's. Oh, oh, and also, oh. Oh, also, she's the daughter of Agent 86, too. In real Her, life? Yes. Whoa, I didn't know that. Who's Agent 86? Don Adams. It's uh, Maxwell Smart. Oh, shit. It's Don Adams. Oh, damn, yeah. Oh, wow. Holy shit. Mr. Shoephone himself, huh? Yep. Well, I'll be damned. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, it's a... Uh, All right. Well, he outlived her, too. Oh, that's sad. Because he died in 2004. Five, so yeah, that is sad. Oh. But yeah, so so all of these poor people, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all together. And I was I said this on text, but I was doing the math, and Henry Gibson was probably filming this at the same time he was filming Magnolia. Yeah. And oh my gosh, that's just a fucking bummer, man. Because yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I was going through Henry Gibson's, you know, uh-huh. CV based on IMDb. I mean, it's not like the guy was opposed to doing. Not good stuff. He didn't have. He had the worst. He had. He had a bad career in the nineties, I think. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I, mean, it, I love the guy. Know, Don't get me wrong. Had to work. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about a laugh. He's a laughing. I mean, he's amazing on Nashville. He's amazing on laughing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he did a guest spot on uh, a little show you might have heard of called uh, Becker in 2003. Oh, really? He did. A, I'm sorry. He did a whole lot of uh, TV work. It's just like one off guest. He spot. did do. But yeah, and he did a. He was in one of the last uh, Three Stooges films. Whoa! Yeah, when he was young, when he was young, and they were old. Oh yeah, he was in the Burbs. I remember loving the Burbs. Oh yeah, the Burbs is great. We made interspace jokes he, yep, earlier. Yep. I think didn't we? Or we yeah. should have. Yeah, he was, <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. we missed a lot of opportunities. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, a lot of a lot of reputable people got have this on their <laughs> yeah on their uh, yeah conscious yeah yeah yes. i don't even really know how to like tackle the badness of I this mean, i this is definitely a new low i'm whenever we talk about how bad the the show is this has got to be the the bar from now on yeah i mean this this episode it's bad and it's you can say it's how it's written it's just every idea is bad i guess i guess but i mean it's it's not that this is the worst to me it's 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 offensively bad in a way that other bad episodes are not, though. Mm-hmm. Like, just to get all... Th- th- I take umbrage t- to what they do in this episode. I don't know, hashtag triggered or, or anything. It's just like, <laughs> seriously, all the stuff that they do in this is just like... 
Man. Well, how about even if, okay, imagine that you're, I don't know, Jordan Peterson watching this and you really like Star Tr- Star Trek and you have no problem with with any of it, yeah. but, but you're just, just plot wise, I don't see how, it, it's still thin, like even if you have no problem with all the grossness, it's still thin soup plot wise as to how they get the Grand Nagus fixed. Do you know yeah, what I mean? It's yeah. a colossal <laughs> myth. Yeah, it's yeah, a, it's a, okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should just jump into it. Like, just that cold open itself. It just goes straight into he's he's pulling a wine stain like straight off the bat, where he's just like, yes, hey, Allura. Even that name, Allura, is a little. Come on, it's a little little on the nose. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you're so nice to everybody. It could be nicer. And it's like, oh God. And then he gets interrupted by his brother's freaking out because he can't get a hold of his mom and he's like don't talk to me about mom when I'm trying to get my dick wet it's so bad yeah yeah I mean yeah that's creepiness and then it's buttoned at the end. Yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah, they, they they double down on the creepiness and say like, oh my Yay. god, it's like it's like it's like I love that. It's, I'm bringing it up because it's like a framing device for the show. But at the end, I was like, like I was like, okay, but now they're gonna tack on the moral bolt. No, it was the f- most offensive scene was the last. <laughs> right, because <scene>. <laughs> like, he comes right. in, he's learned his lesson. Like they literally mm-hmm. ask, like, so what have you learned? And I, it's like I've learned that it's wrong to treat women like objects. And then the woman is like, no. I want to be treated like I want to be a yeah. whore. Like, like, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> what are you doing here? You had the out to have the pat moral answer, and you even fucked that up. Mm. Uh, what What bothers me about this opening scene the most is how realistic it is. It's not in broad strokes. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. height. Like it is. It's almost as if it's written by somebody who like knows the inner workings of how to like manipulate somebody under you. Yeah, because he's doing it from a position of power. And he's like meticulous. Quark is meticulous in how he does it and how he goes about it. He's calculated. Right. So mm-hmm. it's almost as if it's coming from a. Yeah. If, if you're making a movie trying to lampoon the clan, but you get all of the details absolutely <laughs> right. Like, right. You're like, this guy knows the clan too good. Right. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, you're so nice. You're nice to them. You're nice to them. But you could be nicer to me because I did all this nice stuff for you. And she's like, what? And then she's all freaked out. And he goes, here, read this book. It's called Umox for Fun and Profit. And, and then when at one point she, she goes, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. And he's like, I wouldn't. You know, like, and then his, like, his tone shift. Read the book. Mm-hmm. Is, like, fucking It's menacing. Spooky. It's menacing. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Yeah, yeah, he's menacing. It's It's just everything about it is just almost unbearable to watch and you can't believe that this is how they're trying to like draw you into their story and then i think that they would say well they wanted that you know in the first season they had a scene very similar to this uh-huh. and you're like yeah you did and it feels like that you've done a lot of work in growing quark right and here they blow up a whole character for yuck yucks is basically what yeah it- i just it's oh my god I, yes want me to be uh, a whore nice that's the whole problem where they ruin a whole character they ruin a whole character here in season six mm-hmm. just for just for yuck yucks because i'll never be able to look at cork the same <laughs> i gotta say yeah i think that the problem with this episode is that it's not like one and done like the stink from this is hard to put away i mean it's it's kind of weird but it's 
it's not just a bad episode that Iris Stephen Bear wrote. It's a bad episode that makes me question, you know, him. Yeah. Like, that he found this funny, and that was the... Right. I don't know. Yeah. I guess I'm just easier... I find it easier to compartmentalize a lot of these bad episodes... Just like I'm, I'm, I'm searing it down, off and then like, all right, I'm not. I, I can I, see that how you could compartmentalize it if you're just watching it casually. But when you're watching, when you're like watching them one after another, you know, like we're doing, it's a sure, little, sure. it's a little tougher. Yeah. In the streaming age, I guess it's a little harder. Yeah, to... yeah, especially in, if you're watching it that way. But I mean, it is a, mm-hmm. you know, these episodes, especially lately, they they set up a thing at the beginning and result, you know, it's like it's, it gets into that whole they're doing episodic and more than they're doing serialized serialized it with some of these character episodes. It feels like. <laughs> but no, it's this whole idea that I don't know. I, I mean, I think that I've been on Iris Stephen Bear's. Uh, attack the whole season and i was you know he did right you know he's wrote good stuff he's wrote good episodes he's steered the ship he was the showrunner for the two great seasons yes yeah. so, i mean so what is going on you know because i think that this is such a yeah i think in a lot of ways i think iron Stephen bear might be the anti Stephen moffat like moffat for doctor who wrote some really great one-off episodes of doctor who but I, as a showrunner, he pisses. I don't like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, I mean the best Doctor Who, the best Doctor Who episode is written by Stephen Moffat. Exactly. I, in, that I've seen is written by Stephen Moffat. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, but it was run by Russell Davies. So, exactly. And yeah. even when he gets one-off ones later, and when he's the showrunner, there's some arguably good ones. But like the ideas that he has when he's showrunning, I don't like a lot of it. I mean, that in some ways it might be similar. But they like DS Nine. I like a lot of what it does. As far as arcs wise, some ways, but then also he makes dumb Stephen Moffat type decisions that I don't agree with too. Mm-hmm. But like his individual episodes, when he writes them by himself, they're not good episodes. <laughs> you know, you get yeah, they're the worst. Uh, other than Far Beyond the Stars is the exception that proves the rule, I guess, for everything with him. I guess. Yeah, you know, you you can if you want to look at it in bad faith. I mean, it may not have been that 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 episode was written in total isolation either oh, right 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 you know so i mean everything is a you know everything comes out of the room and the of the writer's room so that came out you know and some the names they say and you know if you yeah, study yeah. these things they'll say the names are largely perfunctory but yeah like he's yeah like i i mean and so i'm not it's not just that his name is on it because i mean i could i would respect a showrunner who sort of jumped on the grenade right right at the end like nobody's happy with the episode, but they got to move forward. They don't have time to stop it, and so the showrunner just takes the hit. Well, he gets a paycheck too. So. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> um, but he would get an extra paycheck. But I guess I don't. I don't know. No, no. This is. I mean, he talks about its origin and what he wanted from it, and how he pushed it along. How he fought with. Uh, I mean, like because Shimmer, <laughs> Shimmerman refused to do it. What without a rewrite. And then the rewrite still wasn't good enough, but he ended up doing it anyway. What, what was the first draft? <laughs> the first draft was um, long, several long scenes about the a rush of woman emotions oh. to Lumba. Oh, boy. And so there was lots of crying and hysterics. Oh, that wasn't in this. <laughs> that made that that made it through there, didn't it? It was worse. There was. Oh, my God. There was more. Yikes. Yeah. 
And was there like was there a women be shopping scene? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yes, he couldn't drive. Well, I don't know. Like whatever stereotype. Like yeah. Like so a, a belabored menstruation scene. Oh, I don't God. know. I don't know how how worse could this have gotten. I don't know. It's a hard hard go. <sighs> yeah. I, I yeah. I I I'm saying that this is a uh, this is this season, which is not. I mean, I'm not trying to, but like is not particularly well run. As we'll all agree. Uh, so he's fucking up there. It's not particularly a well-run show right now. And he wrote this and loved it. So I... I he's got a tighter... At some he's, point you... He's got a tighter grip on Ferengi stuff, too. Like Does... Well, I mean... A lot of the he's, Ferengi... He's the Ronald D. Moore of Ferengi. You know, yes. So. Yes. I'll, I'll give you all that. But, like... I mean, I... I, I mean... It's I, not a good grip. Oh, no. I, I'm not I'm not saying that <laughs> to excuse yeah. anything. I'm just saying... I'm just trying to explain <laughs> okay. why this might be worse than other stuff that he's done, too. Like, when you're talking about the room being involved... Yeah. The room was left involved with Ferengi stuff, to an extent, perhaps. And yeah, no, I think that this... He probably wrote a completed script of this, and then maybe Bimler did a little bit, too. But he, I think he wrote it all. Yeah. Um, another thing I, th- I do think is better in this episode... <laughs> Sorry, the Ferengi makeup didn't bug me as much as the Nagus and Zek old people Ferengi makeup sometimes bugs me. Mm-hmm. I think they're getting a grip on that, so kudos, makeup team. Um, Quark looks hor- horrible as... Uh, as Lumba, yeah. Yeah. And then it, but even if Ishka and uh, Zek's makeup is better, man, the, the costuming, no. <laughs> like... I don't know the the boob unitard that Ishka comes in with. Just mm-hmm. I don't know. It upset me more than a naked than Quark's head in her naked lap. <laughs> Did you? Mm. I just didn't like it. Yeah, this yeah. is just. I would watch that a thousand times more than this. Right, but there's it's, it's, yeah. it's rough going, man. There's a new uh, there's a new amendment in the Bill of Opportunities, which is. Like their Bill of Rights, I guess, that Zek wrote that women can wear clothes in public, and if they can leave their homes, they can work, and if they work, they can make profit. So, in a way, that's actually answering a question or a problem that you had with, like, why the fuck... It did, yes. Yeah, we've brought that up before. It doesn't make (laughs) sense to uh, have women subjugated like that and the show <sighs> decides you're right until i until i say until i look at it and go not like this yeah it's just good business i was like yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. To, to watch uh one of my early beefs with the show explained and <laughs> explained away in detail in the middle of the most offensive show that they've done was uh I don't know. It was a Pyrrhic victory, I felt like. Yeah. Uh, I expect it was. <laughs> yeah. And so there's been revolt on Ferenginar. That's why they couldn't get a hold of anybody, and they thought the Dominion was invading. But they weren't. And Zek has been deposed. There's acting Grand Nagus. Brunt will be confirmed in three days, and but they're going to... Stem the tide. Oh, Jeffrey from Combs. Yes. Jeffrey Combs has to be in this oh, show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't do the list. Of... And Tiny. And Tiny has to be in Tiny this Ron. show. Tiny Ron. Yeah. Mm. Punk rock Ronald Reagan. Tiny Ron himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I do like that they established that each Grand Nagus gets a, a giant yeah. hanger on. That was... That made me laugh. Yeah, see. There's no, a whole planet of those guys somewhere, <laughs> yes. right? That's just... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I guess they just really... 
um, you know, latch on to. Yeah. There's probably a really awful, really awful bit of the show Bible about that how they love being slaves or something. No. Uh, <laughs> they were just a, yeah. They're they're a butler. They're a butler race. <laughs> yeah. 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 I liked uh, Lita. Her few little scenes in this, her response to things was like, oh, okay, Lita, I like it, but don't like Brunt's way he's... She loves this episode. Of course she does. Loves it. Yeah, she she probably uh, stands by what it was trying to do. I don't even know what to do with that information. Does that ruin her for you? <laughs> I mean... <sighs> Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> You're going to compartmentalize me saying that. Yeah, out of I'm a, yeah, that's walled off. I don't even know. Yeah. Ishka's like, don't hit on her, Zek. She's Rom's wife. She's broke. And then he has his, she doesn't look broke to me. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, gross. Then they have a telephone montage of all the Deep Space Nine Ferengis cold calling the other Ferengis to come do this uh, meeting where they're going to learn about how great females are. I mean, yeah, (laughs) I think that a phone bank scene (laughs) would probably be the worst scene in any other Star Trek episode. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But this man, (laughs) you know, the the dumb phone bank scene manages to be the the most, one of the least. (laughs) Do you know what? Sorry to bother you. Yeah. Uh, It's the best scene of the episode because it reminded me of the Wabistic stub plot in season two of The Sopranos. Where they're running that like stock oh. push oh, stock yeah. shop. <laughs> I remember that. Christopher and it had made his me own. Think, yeah, Christopher was running a stock brokerage yeah. that was selling Wabistic stock or something to old people, and then they were going to yeah, dump the it Wibis- before. Yeah, yeah, it was a sca- yeah, it was, and it made me think of that, and it made that made me happy because it made me think of season two. <laughs> <laughs> right, and we get the ninety fourth rule of acquisition, which is females and finances don't mix. But but there's a lot of ways you can interpret that. And then we go to, hello. What do you mean there's a lot of ways you could interpret that? That's what Rom says. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm oh, not saying that. You're quoting Rom. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, okay. the, yeah. Not that. Right. Yeah. I don't know how you could. Rom said it. I, I'm not going to try to defend it. <laughs> this episode's a minefield. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but they can't. They can only get one of the 432 commissioners to come by, and it's Nilva, chairman of uh, Slurm Cola. I mean Sluggo Cola, the slimiest. And then, oh, you know that song that everybody knows, the slimiest cola in the galaxy. Which, yeah, this is a real. Uh, it's it's a it's a popping fast paced. Zany episode. For something that's supposed to be zany and fast paced, it's it, this feels like the longest thing I've ever watched <laughs> in my entire life. It kept going. Yeah. That cold open feels like it was twenty minutes long. It felt like it took forever. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> On that alone, yeah, yeah. I mean, then Brunt shows oh up God. and like, remember when we rescued Moogie in that magnificent Ferengi episode? It's like, yeah, but I don't give a shit. I guess we have a lesson: always punish your political enemies, even when they help you out. Oh uh, yeah, that was a, that's a that's probably a lesson worth learning. Yeah, that's a that's a rule <laughs> somewhere that they. Just... Well, no, they gave Brunt his job back because he helped him. Oh yeah, yeah, and then Brunt fucked him over. Right. If you, you if you can take the shot, you always take. Always, the shot. always take the headshot. Always, yeah. Always if put one in it, the brain. Always put one in the brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, 
they get a they get a quick another long day's journey into Cork with him and Ishka where he's curled up in the, the fetal position or you always did this as a lobling and and then it's all your fault, mom. You're the you're the worst and Oh, you're only worried about yourself. And it's like, well, I did like the line, you bet your ass I'm worried. No one else cares about me. And it's a little selfish course. So this this funniest thing about the scene is um, that, okay, so Alexander Sadig had been requesting to direct, and he got this episode because <laughs> they hate Alexander Sadig, I think. <laughs> Apparently. And, and so he made it because he's a serious man. He uh, he was going to try to redeem the episode by building a really beautiful scene between Quark and his mom oh, okay. to make the episode about Quark and his mom. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And so he made them do it over and over again with this intensity. And Armin Shimmerman was really into it because so, they were giving it. And then I, so it was directed. But I, according to Iris Stephen Baird, that's why everybody hates it. Because <laughs> it didn't have a fun. It, it oh. ruined the fun atmosphere of the, of the episode. So by giving it this serious scene in the middle, it made people take the funny stuff more seriously. Oh, that's, that's what this and is. And not have a sense of humor about this this funny stuff that they do in this episode. <laughs> I was I was just going to say, like, I mean, it's not the best, but it might be one of the better scenes in this, just because I was like, oh, I remember some of those long days journey in the court stuff was <clears throat> fine. Yeah. And then you're a, you're a, you're a what? And then she keels over with a heart attack, and Quark is like, please don't die. And then I was thinking to myself, please be dead. <laughs> But <laughs> but nope, she's not. She just needed a new heart. Uh, Bashir gets to wear his red Dead Ringers medical outfit that we saw when he did uh, an operation on Robot Burial. Mm-hmm. I think a listener said it looked like something from Dead Ringers, I think. And I was like, yep. I th- it does look, yeah, it does look like, yeah, it, it is very similar to that. Yeah. So let's talk about medical ethics. Can you just give a sex change operation so that uh, like somebody not a Federation member can just bamboozle someone else from a not a Federation member? Like, is that a thing that uh, doctors are allowed to do? Maybe it's off screen where they trick him into it, because he's on screen and like testing them and like tell me if you do this. Like he's like monitoring his health. Yeah, he knows Moogie's situation. He knows the score. Bashir clearly knows the score. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's no bamboozling here. <laughs> They just walked into his office and said, sex change, please. He's like, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, if you really want it, Quark, I guess I have to give it to you. <laughs> I don't know. It, you're right. It, it's it's a bad idea all around. <laughs> he shouldn't have done it. And they went, and then it was like, then I mean, like, you're trying to trick Henry Gibson for like five minutes. They cut his dick off, right? <laughs> I think so, yes, yeah. They did. They did. They, no. They most definitely when did. they cert- they do the first pan down the, up his body. They do the pan, and he's covering like yes. his his cut off dick area. In a, in like a his hands are folded in like a V like shape. Yeah, you know, one over the other, fanned out. So you know, and it, they actually you know yeah talk about they make some reference to everything being changed or something right. like can you imagine can you imagine being a trans person and watching this I, I, no I'm, i can no i can't because that must be i can't imagine i can barely wrap my head around talking about it i can't yeah <laughs> where straight white guys could get through it no i'm just saying like being a marginalized person i can't imagine watching this yeah, because I, just... I can be, be because being a privileged person 
person in you know society i could barely get through it watching it mm-hmm. yeah 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 i mean like i hate to like implore i would love to hear if there's a fan out there who you know maybe maybe has a, a perspective of it from that perspective i would love to hear it because i i can't imagine what it is like i don't know yeah i it, yeah i i can't imagine feeling heard if you're in 1997 and and that the like right. from a social perspective from a social like uh, I you know like being accepted in society it was the like the true dark ages of like that's kind of shit I can't imagine what it felt like to be right and I also I think that probably Star Trek was like a like a place where a lot of those people could go because it's a more positive future society there's not a lot of hatred and a lot of, I mean mm-hmm. you could imagine they don't do that they didn't do a lot of trans this is the trans episode they did but they had no they did a rejoined is arguably uses more sci-fi tropes. Yeah, but what's the one with Riker in the... Oh, yeah, they did the Ri- that one. The, yeah. The uh, abandoned... No, the... I forgot the name of it. But, yeah, he falls in love yeah, yeah, yeah. with the... Androgynous. Mm-hmm. And not, androgynous person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Non-binary Non-binary person. person. Mm-hmm. And even uh, Jonathan Frakes argued that they should uh, sh- they should have cast a man in the role, but Berman was like, no, we can't do that. We've just got to cast a woman. Yeah. Which, you know... I guess the the way that they could have gotten away with this, a way they could have fixed it, is that when they give Quark the sex change operation, number one, they have what's it Lumba? Is that her name? Because she Lumbers, lumbers right? Yeah, because yeah. she's that yeah. They cast a real woman as Lumba, and then for the rest of the series, have that woman play Quark. Oh, like, yeah. As like Quark doesn't go back to being a. Yeah. Mm. Right, a man that would have—that's how you could. That's how you could make it count. Maybe you would have had to write everything better in this episode as well. Well, yeah, oh, yes, <laughs> but yeah. Well, you would not. Yes, of, of course, course you, you're right definitely saying, right. You, yeah, yeah. you you would have to. <laughs> yeah. You would have to write everything better. That's true. <laughs> Sorry, that's another way for you to get get to do it. You know, make it stick. Go. Don't don't do a half measure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you have more story possibilities. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, you know, I saved Grand Nagus's career and, you know, helped kick off a political movement. But at what cost? I'm a woman now. You're saying he he can't change? Like, he's stuck in... I don't know. And that's just something he's got to get used to as the course of the show? Or does he feel his... Well, it depends on where the better story ideas come from. I guess that that's a like I don't I don't have a firm feeling about what they should have done with how he feels about it. Mm-hmm. it I'm just saying it opens up better story possibilities. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. If you're gonna commit no half measures, just buy into it and do it. Yeah, yeah. You have to yeah cast a woman. I mean, it would mean Armand Shimmerman's out of a job, <laughs> right? Yeah. But if you're gonna do it right in our fantasy here, yeah, you. So yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, they're already about to fire the. I mean, I'm surprised. I am actually surprised. I'm saying at this point, they're they're about they're getting ready to fire the third best actor on the show. Right. Firing the second one would have been fucked up. Yeah, and then they they've set up that Rom is really good at being feminine and yeah. Oh, and, oh, gay panic. We introduced gay panic. Just when you don't, just when you think we don't have enough time in this episode, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. to do that, they Rom yeah. seems a little silly. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you're a little too good at this, Rom. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Though, yeah. Though, I will say, Rom never freaks out with, like, the gay panic. He's just good at it. 
No, it's just everybody's everybody's response to it. Yeah, is awful, were, yeah. the yuck yucks are coming from his from that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it, and then it all. I mean, it all leads up. I mean, I it has a male on male kiss in this episode. So I guess you're supposed to like, yeah, <laughs> whoopity do. <laughs> like network aired a male on male kiss. Right. Yeah. No woman is complete without earrings. Is that something Rom said? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, because, oh man, this episode. <laughs> because they're like, oh, we gotta let you practice being feminine enough to trick people. And then like, oh, the gig's up. Henry Gibson's here early, and he wants to take you out to dinner. And then he loves dinner so much, and Quirk impresses him. And you know where it's going like a mile away, and then you're just looking. Yeah, then it goes full fucking uh, Weinstein. <laughs> Unfortunately, Fuck. where he's oh like, come God. back to my apartment, come back to my hotel room. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Quark, the beloved Deep Space Nine character Quark, after being forced to have his dick cut off for shenanigans. <laughs> it was a very delicate procedure. Is in the verge of being raped, being raped. This is the fun part of the episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Where you're just chasing him around the room. It's like a it's like a Merle Haggard song. It's like and they film it like it's a fucking like it's, it's Benny Hill. Like it's the three stooges. Like yeah, like it's Benny like it's Benny Hill. That's the thing. I don't I don't know how much I wanna go to bat for fucking Iris Stephen Bear, who seems to think that's funny is Benny Hill shit. This is one of those episodes where it's hard. I mean, yeah. it's hard to go back from, you know? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah. Was this episode talked about in the documentary? Um, no. I can't remember. Then it's not. Then it, this is. Then it's a fucking. They may like, have made an off joke about, like, edit, you know, taking the piss out of themselves about, like, how, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. a dig at themselves by mentioning the episode. But, they, you know, they only have so much time to talk about everything. They had to make cuts. If you're going to make cuts, yeah, fine. Don't talk about this. Yeah, that's the thing. As I would like to, I mean, none of this Star Trek shit, except for maybe that attack on the, whatever, that bridge. What was it? What did we call? Fighting on the bridge or whatever. Bridge over the, the oh, river the Roddenberry or what the fuck ever. We chaos on the bridge or whatever. <laughs> chaos on the bridge. Like that was a little, that was a slight warts and all, you know, uh, type documentary. But like, that's the thing is I would like to have, I would like to have some sort of like not made by Irish Stephen Bear to as a hagiography to how good DS9 is. I would like to see a documentary that approaches it in a more like the people versus yeah. <laughs> Star Trek kind of thing. You know, start it with a warts and all sort of look at this production because I, I'm I mean this there this seems like there was too much animosity going on in this episode between Sadig and. Bear and Shimmerman and Bear and so, you know and so all of these different. I mean, I, I would be interested to hear a retrospective on this because it's yeah. I don't think it's as combative as those early Roddenberry seasons were, though. I mean, it, they're actors. They they know how to. They fire make a cast member at the end of the season. They fire a cast. Oh, member I know at the end it's awful, the and they 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 do go into that in the in the documentary, but mm. we're not there yet. But. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, they 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 mention some of the stuff that's going on, but they they're not they don't spend an hour or mm-hmm. two they don't spend fifteen minutes talking about this episode because it's not an episode. It's a, the the doc's a celebration of DS Nine. There's still people that want that. Yeah. And they don't want to celebrate this episode, so they don't do it. Yeah. I mean, so, I get that. I mean, I get why. Yeah. I understand that this isn't going to be the documentary that I that I'm 
that I'm wanting to see, but I would like to see somebody do that where they, you know. Sure. But yeah, as you, oof, man, this, this, like, they chase us in around the room. They go behind the curtain for just like some literal cartoon, like noise that you don't see. And then he comes back out. And then Brunt comes in and is like, that, that's a man, baby. Fucking Austin Powers is on, on Quirk. And, and then Nilva is like, no, it's not. And then, and then suddenly where Quirk, it's almost, you know, he's chasing him around Benny Hill style, but Quirk is like a victim of, of assault. And he's, you know, and then he's trying to get away. But then once he's caught by Brunt, he totally reverses and is like, no, 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 I'm into it now. That gets even worse. And then to prove that he's a woman, he has to show his tits to him. Yeah, he shows his yeah. fucking yeah, tits. Yeah, it's, it is. <laughs> I just, okay, so I told this story. I, I don't know if I told somebody this story. I am in, I'm watching this in my gym while I'm on like, <laughs> while I'm on the elliptical on my iPad. And I'm already fucking embarrassed <laughs> that I'm watching the show. You know, the way it looks and nobody's nobody's looking, sure, you know, sure. but, you know, you're always like, you feel what the it. Fuck? Yeah. You know, there's a reason I don't watch like rated R movies on a, you know, elliptical because I don't know what happens. And so I watch these like I'm watching this thing with these room full of these frogmen <laughs> and one of them takes his tits out. And I was like, <laughs> guys, I used to be cool. And now I'm the guy at the gym. You know, like I was, I was like, what are they doing? Why? Yeah. What the and fuck? Like, oh, like, what? She's, she's not a female, but she's close enough for me. Whoa. Oh my God. Oh. And, and it's like, why, why are you going, why are you going along with this uh, Nilva? Because that's what Lumba wants. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. End of episode, and then Oda. I was actually going to make a comment because I don't. I, this is like this is the, the bias. I'm going to thwart this by being the bias on my part. I was about to say, and, and Henry Gibson, who I'm pretty sure is gay. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he wasn't. He's absolutely not. Oh yeah, he's he's just good at. <laughs> I, I just I think I've he's a good actor. Yeah, I've always thought he was gay. I don't know why, but so did, so he, did I. Magnolia. That's why. No, no, I thought he was. I thought he was gay. <laughs> I oh, thought okay. he was like. I thought he was gay. Eleven too. <laughs> Fair. All right. <laughs> but uh yeah, no. So uh, uh, uh yeah, I don't know. But he's not, so never mind. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so this scene, man, everything about it. And then it ends with this like and I think they probably thought they were doing groundbreaking shit. I bet Iris Stephen Bear said, if the network has a problem with two men kissing on screen, they can stick it up their ass because we're daring and progressive. Right. Yeah. He, I know he said that. And Yeah, you know he did. And then and yet in this next scene where Quirk is being fucking Weinstein by Nilva, mm-hmm. and he makes out with him to clinch the deal. In the next scene, he's talking with Odo, and he's still he's got all his hormones in him or whatever. Like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like... Nilva's such a nice... They insinuate that he went back home with Nilva and fucked him. Yes. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's such a lovely man, but so lonely. Yes. He's got a sweetness to him, but also a strength. It's like, what? Why, 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 are, you go, why are you doing this? Tired <laughs> Stephen Baird? That's not the way to do that. Yeah. It's like we had a pleasant evening together afterwards, and, and then Odo is like... Um, uh, Everything for yucks is what it is. Yeah. Odo is a little... Odo's like, well, that's interesting. Um, and Odo's makeup in this last scene is weird, too. 
It's as if he he knew he was only going to be in it for like two minutes, and so they did they did the quick version. <laughs> yeah, can you do a rush job on this? I don't want to be here at four in the morning to do two seconds. Yeah, just give me the Odo Halloween mask, and I'll <laughs> right. rock that for this last scene. And then yeah. It's just like, oh, I've got all these hormones in me. I'm still sensitive. Odo, can you give me a hug? Which you might giving me a hug. Because uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, women be shopping, man. I, I don't know. It's the, yeah, it's, Oof. oh my God. And then he, and then this, and then you bring, yeah, and to bring the, the, that poor fucking waitress back. Oh my God. You may, and then Ishka, you made an awful son, but a wonderful daughter. Yeah, well, that's that that line could have made made sense if he stayed a woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and to, uh, being a woman, it made me more compassionate, more empathetic, and more nurturing. Oh man, yeah. There. And then that last scene with Allura. <sighs> And then Rom's being like, "Well, you're so lucky, brother. No man ever gave me a, no one ever gave me a ring," insinuating that he's like honeymooned with this before. I don't know. I, I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> and then Alura comes back and is like, "Oh, I read your book," and he's like, "Oh no, we can't do that." It's like, "No, I'm into it now." Women just want to be subjugated, I guess. Oh, I wanted. To, I, I want to fucking know. the tympanic tickle, the Eustachian tube rub, and the auditory nerve nibble sound like so much fun. Heavy breathing. And Quark says, does a Three Stooges humana humana end of episode. Yeah, I don't want to say about this. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> no, this is the worst episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine that we've seen. Yeah. Is it the worst Star Trek episode? It's got to be. I can't imagine. I mean, this is offensive on so many different levels. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make sense on a. It doesn't make sense on a few different story levels. Mm-hmm. And if you like Star Trek, there's no Star Trek in this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's just fucking frog people. Yeah, talking about soda. <laughs> you. you. <laughs> it is, and making cold calls. <laughs> yeah, making. The if you're a nerd, you learn what a couple of planets that might be near Fringanar are. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm reaching, man. I'm reaching. I know. That you are <laughs> reaching. That's who this thing I mean <sighs> Claris and Urtok. Oh, those are new, right? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe they've been they've got a deep reach, rich yeah. history that's been mentioned in a bunch of expanded universe novels by the time this episode <laughs> aired. I I just think this is probably I can't I can't think of a single worse episode than this. I mean, everybody talks about the episode where Captain Janeway and Tom Paris get turned into slugs, yeah, as being one of the worst. Mm-hmm. But I think this this has it beat. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, this is it's it's, it's yeah. even if it's there's not one that's any more offensive, right? I don't know. I mean, there's that one episode of Discovery where uh, uh, can you hear me, Clem Fandango? blames oh yeah the relationship problems on michael berman and that seems pretty offensive yeah to have like an abusive person blame blame the person who wanted to get like the healthy person the relationship who wanted to get out sure that seemed pretty bad but at least abusive people have those arguments and make those arguments like not to say it's I'm not saying it's good i'm not a fan of that i'm just saying that this is worse than that no yeah yeah i 
I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. I mean, everybody. I mean, it's apparent. It is. I mean, it's a, from the first from the word go. It was. It was. Re- it was violently rejected by the fan base. It, it took everybody by storm. When Michael Pillar, who I guess still had to greenlight episodes, when he greenlit it, he said uh, he told uh, Stephen Barry after reading the script, he thought this was going to be one of the great classics of Star Trek. This episode. <laughs> okay. So I mean, they. They were taking aback by how much, and and that's I think that's why there's so much sort of excuse making, right, about it. But it, it it's I think it's the yeah. the hubris of well-meaning white boys. Yeah, I mean I think I that mean, yeah. as 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 one of those myself, you know, like I probably fucked up a lot too. But this is like the epitome of it, you know, like oh I think I'm doing this progressive episode, and and yeah, doing there is this sort of boomer like I think that probably Iris Stephen Bear. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, cause I don't know him, but I think that he probably was a, I, I think of someone like Bill Maher. <laughs> Just cause, you know, it, someone who's politically left, but is like, he doesn't understand where his sort of bro Bill Maher's a libertarian though. No, no, no. Bill Maher considers himself a liberal. But he's a lib- no. He's a libertarian. Yeah, he's a libertarian. He he just he just wishes that libertarian like G- the GOP does didn't go to Sunday school. Like he's no 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 no. I don't th- I don't know. He's more of a neolib than that. Like I think I think he actually identifies as libertarian. He's a but I think because of the weed thing. But I I think that it's if it's and the you know the, like, and the hooker thing and uh, and theoretically I mean I, I you know there's certain arguments that what's his face uh, Noam Chomsky. I think he's pretty libertarian, but like trying to be liberal and wants to be, wants to be a cool... Socially yeah. liberal, yeah, yeah. but yeah. For, I mean, he, he's only voted for Democrats, I think. So, I mean, he's that. Sure. So he's always... He's yeah. a, but Iris Stephen Bear is a guy with a blue goatee and a top hat. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I mean, but I'm trying to get this sort of mindset where it's like this, I'm socially liberal and that almost allows me to right. be incredibly offensive because you know i'm good for it right but he doesn't know that he's being offensive he thinks he's being an ally i I think that and then i think that then they get to do like you know gay panic jokes and yuck and Mm -hmm. and train you know goofing on trans people for fun i i I literally think that they thought they were making like a feminist statement with this episode oh yeah and that's what that's what's the most offensive about it i agree yeah so it's just I don't know. Like, I don't know why I... Yeah. This needs to, like... If Star Trek had a, a, a had a single controller, like other properties do, this episode would be hard to find. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Maybe you don't take one off a season or something, but that would be... I mean, it did to an extent, but it's just the people were also making bad decisions. <laughs> you know? Like, it's had to go through... I mean, like he. I mean, like I'm saying that like they should do like the fucking uh, Star Wars Christmas special, where like they're they're erasing it. They bury it. They're erasing it. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh right. Oh okay. Like this episode didn't exist. Oh right. Like because yeah. Because I mean, does anything important happen? Um yeah. Mm. Uh, Ferengi females got liberation. (laughs) That's pretty. That's huge. I mean, like like do do we need to? Is there a puzzle piece taken out of the grand tapestry of Deep Space Nine if this episode didn't exist. Well, I mean, the Ferengi part of it, yeah. But this is actually, this is the last Ferengi episode because 
of this episode. Oh, they stopped. Uh, <laughs> they they told Iris Stephen Bear that he's not allowed to write anymore. Fair or, enough. To, to do any form of Ferengi episodes. But there is Ferengi, there is Ferengi stuff that happens. That just just a, a B plot in one episode in seasons. I mean, like Quark is still a character on yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah. There's but there's no like these these Ferengi it, episodes. It feels like we've had four of these this oh, season. Oh yeah. Yes. Have been just straight up Ferengi. I mean, yeah. There's one. Uh, there's one. one more big development in Ferengi society. It probably happens in the last episode, or somewhere around. Yeah, but you know, look at that. But if it doesn't directly affect this, then who, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I who mean, cares? Yeah. It, well, it's it's so, some, it's down the line of Ferengi's becoming a more open society. Just like put it. Yeah. Well, I could just say that. Yeah. You could you could have done this in a way in a B plot easily. Yeah, I'm not arguing that we need this episode. We should move on to our rewatch meters. I would say, where are you guys going to put this on your rewatch meter? I mean, does it go around? Does it go so far down and it comes back up to where it's just like you have to watch this nightmare again? No, it's not fun to watch either. This is not fun to watch. <laughs> no, it's not. Is it? just just positive. I mean, that would be the thing. Like, yeah, like if th- this isn't like move along home bad. Yeah. There's a certain, maybe there's a certain amount of masochism, though, that might make me revisit it. I don't know. Like, it, so uh, that might keep me from putting it at a zero, but it's still pretty low. Because, <laughs> like, maybe, maybe at some point I was like, oh man, how awful was that? It's like, oh, but no, just thinking about it now, it just kind of depresses me. <laughs> yeah. So, what are you going to put it at? I'll put it at a one. <laughs> James, what are you going to Can have? you just not put a zero? You just are never going to give an episode a zero. Well, I explained just now why I might not, why I might rewatch it again. So that's why uh-huh. a one is low, James. Huh? Don't do Okay. <laughs> like that's as low as I've got, I feel like. I did set a precedent that being related to Deadwood gave you a point. But I'm yeah. going to break that precedent with this episode and say, no, this is, I will never watch this episode again. <laughs> it's a and, zero for you, then I got to Yeah, zero. yeah, yeah. And it, and I may never watch other episodes again because of this episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I am, is, I'm also going to put it at a one because I, you know what? Fuck it. I might put it at, a, like, a five. And the reason why is because I'm going to show this to somebody <laughs> at some point to, to make a point about how offensive, yeah. like, yeah. How offensive TV can get, right? And when people say, when people say, like, I don't know, rape culture doesn't exist, I'll be like, well, I have Exhibit A, uh, just how like it's so casual, you know, that it's played for yucks, you know. You do this like Eden's art project in Ghost World. Yes, yes, that's exactly how. This is. Yes, so I'm gonna put this at a five for my rewatch because I'm sure I'm gonna have to sit down and show somebody at some point. Yeah, yeah I was like, it comes back around the other end. It's yeah, it's sad. All right. Well, what do you guys think the good people of IMDb think of this? Uh, well, we know they hate it. Yeah. It's what number they hate it. Yeah, I know. 5.4. That's a good one. I I can't imagine it going much lower than 5.4. Right. Just to be flat honest, I'm going to go 5.6. All right. And I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> you guys are both wrong. It's not hated that much. It's like it's a 6. No, it's a 5.8. Okay. It's a 5.8. Okay, okay. But it's got 904 votes, which is really high. That means a lot of people came on here to downvote. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. <sighs> I mean, that's about what I would say. There's got to be a floor. Right. Does it have any 10s? Is that something you can see? I don't. Uh, I laughed my blow goatee off by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it does. It's got 90, 90 tens on here. Ten percent of them are tens. Huh. 
which is because that's the thing is I don't even you were, you made a reference to a Jordan Jordan Peterson like person I don't even think they would like it because I do think it kind of has a feminist message yeah about like destabilizing the American family home so even they don't like it it offend it's li- no I meant I meant no I meant like yeah yeah no I a message from a message of like don't be so sensitive yeah, like, yeah. no no they would get that but then I think that th- then it's also about disrupting a traditional society to having a more you know, women, you know, it gets the, a more it, equitable. Society, yeah. Yeah. Yes. More. It's yeah. nominally about blowing women. up traditional values. Yeah. Is a, yes. I understand yeah. that, so, that was a bad example, but no, I was no, just no, trying I, to, think I wasn't, who's. yeah, I wasn't attacking that example, but I was thinking that I don't even think that this, like it's so backwards, but it doesn't, it doesn't even appeal to backwards people. Right. I mean, I think Jordan Peterson would be like, well, this is, this is fine. I mean, I believe that women should have rights. I just think that they'd choose to stay. I don't know. Like, yeah, it, ugh, I don't know. No, I, I mean, because it's about like, like the worst of the worst, should, the, the far women should be able to work and women should be able to work and earn just like a man. But, you know, they should also be, you know, yeah, yeah. they should realize that sometimes they have asses that don't quit. And, you know, men just have urges. That kind of shit. Yeah, that feels like mm. the uh, <laughs> that I could see mm. people that feel like that agreeing with this episode. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> All right. Well, we should wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, let's outro this bad boy. All right. Well, I th- next week, I- next week we have a, Another episode. <laughs> <laughs> have, hey, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, we have a better episode than this one. Huh? Huh? Oh, not so fast, buddy. <laughs> oh, I know, which, I know exactly which one we got. But I, I, I feel like I, de- I can definitively say it's better than this one. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, we have Time's Orphan. It's, it's about Molly, time travel, and shenanigans. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yep. Yep. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. All right, Wade. If people want to get a hold of us, what should they do? They should give us a call. Like we said, if for those of you that hated In the Pale Moonlight, you're required to give us a call and tell us. Alternatively, if you're a person that loves this episode and thinks it's great and that we're being real jerks to it, you're I don't make the rules. You're required to call in mm. at 917-408-3898. Just, just know that we will make fun of you. Um, yeah. But... You know, yeah. If you have other things to talk to us about, you can give us a call at that number as well, 917-408-3898. Um, if you want to support the show, check us out at patreon.com slash kickersofelves, where we have hours and hours of additional audio content and other stuff over there for you. And uh, go to kickersofelves.com, find all the other podcasts we do, hashish and superiority, etc. Uh, you know the drill at this point. Do all the stuff. All right. Cool. Well, thanks again for watching this dog shit episode with us. <laughs> we're sorry. We hope you uh, weren't scared off and you come, you come back next week. We're sorry we didn't make you, but, you know, we still feel, if you did watch it for this podcast, we feel uh, partially responsible, at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Somebody had a great time watching this awful episode, I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, 3D Beam out. <laughs> Mm. 
Let's chase each other around the room tonight Seems like lately people love to play with fire And the other games they play are just as bad I'd rather stay at home and feel your burning lips And play the kind of games that make me glad Oh, let's chase each other around the room tonight Let's play